What's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is a thought leadership series that enlightens and inspires listeners with insights from distinguished business leaders and subject matter experts. Our conversations are designed to make you think, inspire you to reach ever higher for your cultivating your best, and take an informed approach toward leadership and business. Before we get into today's conversation, I've got two announcements for you, two fun announcements. First, September marks the launch of Gusto Now, which is a growth and transformation institute dedicated to awakening meaning, passion, inspiration, and purpose in people, leadership, and organizations to create a legacy worthy of their one precious life. We'll be featuring leadership development and other professional development courses in this e-learning platform available to individuals and companies in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. You can learn more at gusto-now.com. The second announcement is my book, Purpose Ignited, How Inspirational Leaders Ignite Passion and Elevate Cause, is due out on November 17th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. I wrote the book to turn readers on and ignite their passion, inspiration, and purpose to make that contribution that, that I want for them and radically improve the workplace as we know it. Today, I have a guest, um, Michael Oster, who will be joining us. We're having some technical difficulty getting him on, so I hope he'll be able to join us shortly. So I'll introduce him quickly, and hopefully we can he'll turn up soon. Um, but I met Michael on LinkedIn, as I have met many of my guests. He and I were chatting about what was going on in the world, when I realized just what it was that he, he does, and the book that he wrote, I invited him to the show. So he is a principal at Level Up Advisors, and he's the author of the book called Level Up. Um, we'll be talking about how we can use competencies as the channels to carry our personal strengths to our goals. He comes in today from Scottsdale, Arizona, once he shows up. So um, we're waiting for him in, in the back studio here to be able to make his connection. Um, while I'm waiting for him to join us, let me just give a little bit of background here. Part of the reason I wanted to have Michael on the show is because I have a background myself in strengths. I am a Gallup certified strengths coach, and I have been working with strengths in inside organizations to develop leaders, develop teams, and also even families and, and teens, um, kids down as young as eight years old. So I know the strengths domain very, very well. And so what Michael has done is he's really layered in an approach to um, sit, using strengths as a way to fortify your competencies. And he says it's better better to be known for our competencies than it is our strengths. And we really use our, our we, we anchor ourselves in our competencies and we are fueled by our strengths in order to reach our goals. That's the whole premise of what his book is about. So um, I'm gonna see here, maybe just take a quick little break and see if I can get to call him um, and see if he's able to make his connection yet. So stand by for us, don't go away, we'll be back. This is worth waiting for. 
Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Okay, here, here's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going we're gonna to do this differently. You, I'm going to engage with you on the, on the phone here like this, and I'm going to take you through our, our planned conversation, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and talk with you like this. So listeners and viewers, this is a first. We are literally creating the show differently as we speak. So Michael, welcome to Working on Purpose. You're coming in through your cell phone. You're watching on, on YouTube, and you and I are going to do this thing. Let's do it. Welcome. All right. Well, thank you, Elise. I, I do see you, but we're, um, we aren't in synchronization. Okay, let's get cracking because we want to deliver for our listeners and our viewers. So I already introduced you. They know who you are. They know how we connected, why I think that what you're doing is important. So I want to just crack off with, I know that you wrote the book, Level Up for Achievers and Those with High Potential to Become More Successful and Enjoy Even More Meaningful Lives. Um, say a little, just a little bit about your background and why this population of readers is your target. Well, that's a great that's a great question, Elise. My my background, a few lofty titles aside, is serving as a shirt sleeve leader in manufacturing organizations, in financial service organizations, and in nonprofit organizations. And uh, as you said, I wrote I wrote the book. Uh, 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 for um, leaders who are facing new challenges or high achievers who would like to take themselves to the next level or high potentials who would like to hit the ground running. And uh, it's, it's more than just generally for all of them, which is basically all of us, right? It's, it's for all of those people and all of us who find ourselves with uh, capacity we know to solve problems but for some reason we found ourselves stuck have you ever been stuck just a couple of times in my life yeah <laughs> well we were we were stuck right now and, and you engineered a workaround so uh, <laughs> this is uh, uh, strengths and competencies in action Elise yeah well thank you right and, and so let's let's distinguish that so for this first part of the conversation listeners and viewers we're going to talk about strengths and then the next one we're going to talk about competencies but let's distinguish the, those two so you say in your book that strengths describe how we think feel and act and of course I know that being a Gallup certified strengths coach and our competencies describe what we do with them. And you have created a method to combine those. Will you say a little bit about your approach and your method? Well, I have. And, uh, you know, strengths, uh, I use in Level Up, I use two different sets of strengths. I use the strengths we use to accomplish things in a work environment. And the Gallup strengths, as you mentioned, are just great for those. And there are 34 Gallup strengths. And uh, and I also use the via 
values in action, VIA, character strengths, and VIA has 24 strengths. So combined, we have a choice of 34 work strengths and 24 character strengths. But if you've taken the, for those of us who have taken um, the Gallup survey or the VIA survey or any strength survey, we learn that, thank goodness, not all of those strengths are available to us all the time. Uh, otherwise, the, the number of choices we would face would be overwhelming, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, sure would. <laughs> you know, so thankfully, we're all wired differently. And although there are uh, possible 34 work strengths and 24 character strengths, only about the top 25% of those are available and usable uh, to us to really make progress in our lives. So I look at how can we do things with strengths? And the interesting thing about strengths is they are a 360 degree burst of energy. You know, it. Uh, you've seen people express strengths to excess. You've seen people express their strengths uh, to an inadequate level. And then there's, you know, there's a Goldilocks level, right? That's uh, just right, just in the middle. But what what do we do with those uh, those strengths? And what I've discovered, Elise, is that we can use competencies, and I'll talk a moment in a moment about those, as conduits, as channels, if you will, through which we can aim our natural strengths at our goals. Well, of course, you know, as let's just face it, Michael, my number one Gallup strength is achiever. So I'm all over that. OK, <laughs> got my attention. Um, I want to divert just a little bit, though, because I can't resist. I saw something in your book that it, I have to sort of it's kind of like a squirrel in me, if you will, Michael. But you quote Oprah saying how you spend your time defines who you are. Uh, I'm an identity researcher, and I really, I really do know that how people, sh how what people put themselves into says who they are, which is why I usually ask people that direct question. But what's your view on this statement, and why is it important to strengths and competencies? Well, that's a good, that's a good question, and that, and that's a good catch. And uh, in in level up, the leases. Uh, uh, thankfully read, read the book, all 376 pages of it in the print version, and I use a lot of quotes because I, I love quotes. I find them inspirational and humorous and encouraging, and if, 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 the, if this planet does have a queen of self-improvement, it would have to be Oprah, right? I'm all, I think that's right, yes. You know, she just brings so much inspiration and hope to so many. And what I heard when Oprah said, how you spend your time defines uh, who you are, I heard her giving us a gentle reminder to, to be productive for ourselves and for others. And, uh, and uh, I think, of course, in my own humble opinion, that Level Up is just a great way to spend your time to be productive, to help yourself and to help others. Well, I agree. In fact, you even go further in to say that you declare that the desirable aspects of our character and the unique way we solve problems and work with others are our strengths, which I think is a lot what you're saying there, but it takes it a whole other step further. Like, so I have this thing, Michael, where I, I talk about how our purpose gives us a unique lens on the world. And through that purpose, we see opportunities 
and ways to solve problems that no one else can see. And that's that's our purpose in action. So I feel like there is some sort of alignment with that statement. What do you think? Well, I I think you're I think you're right on, Elise. And um, uh, I'm really looking forward to to I couldn't agree with you more about the tip of the iceberg you just showed us on purpose. And I'm looking forward to reading your your writings and your discoveries on it. Um, the where strengths come into the equation, if you would call it that, is uh, further back in time, and even and even further back in time than strengths are talents, and talents are right. down at the down at the granular, the molecular level. Uh, we all have. There are probably thousands of different talents and uh, little things that we can can do and things that define us and how we think and how we act and how we behave and they these talents cluster together into more general categories that have been called strengths and today we're talking about work strengths and character strengths and with regard to your question about purpose uh, people have discovered that when they use their strengths, the things that they can naturally do, it not only gives them a sense of pleasure and accomplishment, but it makes their, it brings a sense of purpose in, into their lives if the goal they're working on is one of their own choosing. Yeah, and so you bring up a really important point that we want our listeners to understand is that the important thing about strengths is they have to bring you pleasure when you do them. If they don't bring you pleasure, they're not strengths. They're, they're just a talent. They're just a skill. Or better to say it, they're just a skill. So, for example, Michael, I always like to say when I'm talking about this stuff is that I happen to be a really fabulous typist. <laughs> but do I want to do that all day? No. It does not bring me joy. It does not bring me pleasure. So therefore, it's not a strength. It's just a skill. Different. <laughs> well, uh, I would submit that there is a way that your typing could give you could give you pleasure because you just mentioned that your very first your very top strength is achiever, right? Yeah. So if you went online and uh, Google on your browser bar uh, typing test. And you took a typing test, and it gave you this really high number that Elise can uh, can post. You would sense, uh, you would have a sense of accomplishment. Yes, I would. But there's so much more that I want to do in the world than type. Just so well, no, much. Well, the more. end result is not typing, but typing, as is really almost everything in our lives, a means to an end, right? Right, <laughs> right. If I'm typing a fantastic manuscript, you're right. I mean, and yeah, let's face it, I spent a lot of hours typing that manuscript in the book that's coming out on the 17th. Um, let's do this, Michael. Let's um, take a, a one last final break. So that in that break, I sent you another link, and so we'll get you try to get you back on. Stay on with me. Um, but, but listeners and viewers, let's take our, our our final break here, and then we're going to go long hard through the rest of this. So we'll be right back. Um, Mike, stay on with me on the on the on the phone here, and listeners, we'll be right back. Thank you so much for your patience. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. 
This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Michael Oster. He's the principal of Level Up Advisors and the author of the book, Level Up. It brings his 20 plus years of experience as a CEO and board of directors leader to help his clients be the best possible versions of themselves. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. As you know, listeners and viewers, we've been having some technical issues getting Michael into the actual um, video studio, but that's okay. We've got him here on the phone. He can run, but he can't hide. I'm pretty fast. So I, what we want to do now, Michael, is let's go on to the, the competencies aspect of the conversation. And one of the things that you did, which of course delighted me because I know his work, um, prof- psychology professor David McClellan, you cite his definition of a competency, a competency as the underlying characteristics of people, which enables them to deliver superior performance in a given job role or situation. So what I want to get for our, our listeners and viewers is help us understand how engaging our strengths helps us accomplish things and relates to our competencies. Well, um, back to considering that strengths are kind of a 360-degree burst of energy, Elise. Um, I love that. You know, we imagine we have our we imagine uh, on the left side of the field we have all of our signature strengths those strengths that are in our top 25 percent mm-hmm. uh, and are ready willing and able and on the right side or the the uprights are on the field are our goals and how do we how do we get there and strengths um we can hope uh that if we are that that if we just do things that we think are use, useful of our strengths that we will get to the goal. But I've found that competencies, and I've discovered and um, put pen to paper and created 17 universal competencies, can serve as the conduits through which we can press our strengths toward the goal. Imagine the barrel of a rifle and uh, um, uh, imagine a bullet could go any direction and imagine the uh, the competency is like the barrel or a channel to aim your strengths directly at your goals. Works for me. <laughs> yeah, and so what was what was so great when I noticed you had, I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, because I took a lot of notes as I read your book. That's what I do, right? I can't help it. I'm a, my, one of my other, let's see, my second strength is learner. So this is one of the reasons I keep hosting the show, Michael, so I can meet great people like you, read your books and learn something. But if I have it right, you, the five categories of competencies that you have are strategic thinking, or thinking strategically, navigating change, leading people, driving results, developing self. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Okay, so I fell into the leading people camp, um, which I was happy to. That was fun. But tell us a little bit more about those. Those are pretty, I can see a very definitive separation of those those competent, those categories. So help us understand a bit more about how they're distinguished. Well, Elise, you just described the what I call the five categories of competencies. Yes. So um, in, in Level Up, we look at... We look at strengths, and uh, we we uh, I I put the the strengths all 58 of them and assign them into five um, arbitrary from my point of view 
but through empirical observation, uh, five sets of strengths. And the competencies, the ones you just mentioned, thinking strategically, which is all about shaping our future, uh, navigating change, which is all about what we're all doing right now, right? Making a transition. Yes. Uh, the number the number three one, which is uh, a, a place where you, you uh, live in a very, very uh, successful way, leading people. That's all about working with others. And the fourth one is driving results, which is implementing your plans. And then finally, as you said, developing yourself, which is, you know, keep taking self-care, bettering yourself. Mm-hmm. Each, each one of these, because we have 17 competencies in these five categories, we can talk a little bit, if you'd like, about what the competencies are within each one of these categories. I think that would really help our listeners and our viewers. Please go ahead, yes. Well, let's do that. So um, to set the stage, thinking about the future, we call that the competency of thinking strategically. And that all starts with creating your vision, right? Um, what is What is the place that you want to go where you can be the best person you want to be and the best person you can be. And, um, you know, vision is uh, kind of a touchy-feely term, but it's not really an indistinct concept. Long-term visions are, because if, you have a, if you're talking about long-term visions for uh, 5, 10, 20 years, you're talking about something that's approaching perfection and it's it's just outside of the realm of human human capability to act on things uh that you're trying to make occur you know in the in the distant future but if we set intermediate intermediate vision goals and i would say between one and three years um you know pick pick the midpoint there 18 months most of us say oh you know in a year and a half if I have some things I'd like to be better at, and I'd like to be in a different place, um, I'm gonna adopt that picture as my vision. So that's the beginning of thinking strategically. And then from thinking strategically, we go into the competency of making decisions, which is how we're gonna get how we're going to get closer to the vision. And then the last part, the last competency in thinking strategically is developing the plans that will take us in the direction of that vision. And then we get to uh, the number number two in the, in the category of competencies, which is navigating change. But so what, what do we think has happened in this current <laughs> this current environment that we're in, right, is uh, thinking strategically is now in second place to navigating change because we're all in a reactive position, aren't we, to this uh, to this current unpleasantness. So, you know, we can adapt to that. We can uh, we can switch those around for the time being, and the competencies in navigating change are first of all tolerating risk. You know, being uh, putting some elasticity in your own ability to to give and take, you know, as a sh- as a as a wooden ship would uh, in a storm, so it doesn't break. Um, the second competency in navigating change is negotiating. Uh, there are lots of negotiations we have to make with uh, with ourselves and with others, and then finally communicating clearly. The most 
powerful competency during times of transition is to keep the communication open. Um, now, that's also a very important part of the next uh, category of competencies, which is leading people. Of course it is. And, you know, an interesting interesting um, thing about competencies is that they are kind of free range. You know, some of these competencies can be moved underneath different categories. For example, communicating clearly can be moved easily under leading people, right? Absolutely. In fact, I hope that's a, a it's a must. <laughs> Especially if you I tell people to be good at storytelling, which is communicating, of course. Yes. Well, that's that's the highest form of communicating. Those who can tell stories. Mm -hmm. I, I wish I could. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, to begin with leading people, the strongest competency is, is what? Building collaborative, collaborative relationships with them mm -hmm. and inspiring other people, developing others, influencing others, and then leading, leading teams. And finally, of course, managing conflict. Uh, all, all about that last one. That's my jam, Michael. That's my. That's totally my jam. I love that. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's interesting leading leading people, which is uh, what your show is all about, right? Mm -hmm. Is is smack dab in the middle uh, between the competencies of navigating change and driving results. You know, so if if you don't. If you don't have the flexibility in place and you don't have the leadership in place, driving results in an organization is going to be impossible. Mm -hmm. But if you do have them in place, you're going to be ready. And uh, driving results is, uh, I won't say it's the easier part, but it certainly is the simplest part because there are only two competencies in driving results. Number one, taking the initiative. And number two, executing. Mm -hmm. That's it. Market you know, said, go. Let's go. Let's do this thing. <laughs> let's do it. And, um, you know, and of course, uh, in organizational goals, as you're using the competencies, you're going back and forth and you're circling back. You know, as you're driving results, you're going to go back and recheck your plans and your vision, you know, and give it a reality check. And then our last. Uh, our last category of competencies is about self-care, developing self, bettering yourself, and the three competencies there that are just, just so, just such a great place to spend time with your strengths on, to end a sentence in a preposition, <laughs> is continually learning, acting professionally, and continuously improving. I like it. I, I certainly hope that I am doing that as well. But um, okay, so that was that was a fantastic way for our listeners to get just kind of a little bit of a, a light spread, if you will, a brushstroke about what you what you've done here. Now I want to. I just have to ask, of course, about the flow question. Um, you talk in, in your book about how strengths and competencies can allow us to be in a flow state. And now you also have to tell me how to how to pronounce, um, however, Mikali's last name is. <laughs> um, um, I know I've been saying it wrong, and you give us a, you give us an aid to, to pronounce it correctly. So first, what is what's his name, and then talk to us about flow. That guy. Okay, <laughs> that guy. Well, that guy. He was a Hungarian American psychologist, and um, this he 
codified um, the concept of flow 12 years ago. And his name, you'd never be able to spell it, uh, and, and it's very hard to pronounce. And it, the way it is pronounced is Mahayi Chiksit Mahayi. Yeah. And I'll say that again because it, it sounds like I'm tripping over my own tongue here. But Mahayi, uh, Mahayi. And, okay. Mahayi, and his last name is Chiksit Mahayi. Chiksit Mahayi. Oh my gosh, that is so different from anything that I've been saying over all these years. I know who this man is. Okay. It's, it doesn't look like that. Uh, it's not spelled phonetically, let's put it that yeah. way. So he, he discovered that there is a state of being where you feel energized and completely focused, uh, time stands still, nothing seems to matter, and you're in a state of complete concentration and absorption. And, you know, has, I'll just pause for a moment here just so we can ask ourselves, has this ever happened to us? Mm. Have, have we ever felt that way? And while we're working, this is the important thing for people to get, is we're talking about actually while we're working. While we're working, absolutely. And so you you hit upon some of the, uh, some of the uh, uh, indicators that we're in a state of flow. And, uh, you know, it's uh, time, uh, time passes quickly. Um, we, we see a clarity uh, 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 how our efforts can help us achieve our goals. Uh, we, we get uh, some nice neurotransmitters that give us a sense of ecstasy, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, time stands still. And, and finally, Elise, the one that I think we all like, the best is we look forward to doing this thing again mm -hmm. and those are uh, the indicators that we are in this state of flow and uh, the, and he he goes on to speak about how flow leads to happiness and you know positive since he's written his since he's written his book and uh, uh, and, and his text on flow in 2008, there's been a lot of work done on happiness, you know, and the, uh, the, the study of positive psychology there, they call that now, which yes. was, you know, Aristotle's, uh, sort of the ball rolling in that direction. But I have found that, you know, it, so we've heard a lot of the same concepts, right? The, the concepts about what our strengths and how do we feel when we use them? And guess what? Uh, how we feel when we use them are the same ways we feel when we're in Csikszentmihalyi's flow, right? And the question then becomes, how do we get into that state of flow and use our strengths? And we have the answer right here, competencies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Competencies can take your strengths toward your goals and you will feel in a state of flow. You've done it intentionally, you've done it carefully, and you're using the things that you have naturally as a human being to bring yourself both productivity and happiness. I like that, it works for me. I'm trying to help more people across the globe achieve that. 
as are as you are. So now let's talk next about about goals and the application of what you come up with here. So I am one of those people, Michael. I am a very goal oriented people. People say you you take on too much. And I'm like, but I only got this one precious life. I want to I want to I want to make it all happen and yeah, do resolutions, all that kind of thing. So I love goals. And I appreciate how you say our goals help give us purpose, of course. Um, so will you distinguish for us for uh, you talk about um, organizational and personal goals? Well, uh, it's, a good, it's a good it's a good question. And, you know, I think the, to me, the biggest difference, at least between organizational goals and personal goals is that our is that organizational goals serve two masters right they serve the organization and and they serve us because they help us improve ourselves in in ways that we can do when we're working with others and that's the whole purpose of organizations is to accomplish something working with others and personal goals serve just one master right they serve just us so the driver of personal goals can and should always start with a vision, right? Now, we're not so lucky unless we are at the very, very top of the food chain pyramid of an organization that, uh, that, our, that our personal goal is the same as our organizational goal because the organizational goal is there to help the organization. If it's a for-profit uh, uh, it's uh, to um, reward the, the shareholders and the stakeholders. And if it's a, a nonprofit, it's to better deliver on the mission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you said something in your book, which I really was gravitating to. I think you also use push-pull language. Did you not? Would you say that again? Did you use push-pull language? Oh, <laughs> I might have. <laughs> yeah, that that drew me that drew my attention. That's very very important for me because it gets to intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. Oh, well, share share a bit on that. Well, so what I what I think I got was, um, if I got this right, was I think the way that you situated the organizational goals. Yes, they have two masters, but they're really kind of um, you know they're pushing us because they're they're part of what's mm-hmm. right, and that's part of what we are to be in part of the organization. Whereas our personal mm-hmm. goals pull us towards something, pull us toward our vision, which is something that is beyond us. And if we do our vision well, inspires us and pulls us into it. So it's that whole push-pull motivation that I think is really important to distinguish for our, our listeners and viewers. Indeed it is, and thank, thank you for reminding me. I'm Absolutely. I get by a little help from my friends, right, Michael? We're in this together. <laughs> Um, awesome. Okay, right. So now let's do this because this is this is so great because I, I think people think about goals and vision in a way that's probably gets a little bit muddy. And so you actually have a, a fantastic thing that you do in your book and that you instruct your readers to use their vision, values, and strengths to determine their best goals for themselves. I doubt heavily that many of the people that are listening and watching this right now have really considered that level of finiteness to a vision or goal. So say more about that. Well, sure. Um, you know, the there as human beings are thinking, thinking beings, and they're acting beings. And um, a way that I like to think about how we connect 
the ways we we think and the things we desire with our actions is to encourage ourselves to act with intention. So if we go back to the competencies and just just remembering for a moment here that the the, uh, the first competency uh, discussed was setting a vision, um, and then I encourage with uh, the seven steps to level up. I suppose we're going to talk about in a moment here, encourage people to set a vision. And uh, actually, now's a a good time to talk about that Mm -hmm. is set your own personal vision and then think about what's the difference. Um, You know what they call the gap analysis, which is the the difference uh, on a point in time between where you would like to be and where you are. And uh, over time, it's where you will go if you don't change anything versus where you can go if uh, if you do if you act with intention and uh, parenthetically use your strengths and competencies to achieve your goals so i lay out seven very straightforward steps that are just based on the ancient scientific method uh, to encourage people to set a vision for themselves take a look at where they are if they don't do anything uh, versus where they would like to see themselves. And then to use what they've got to get where they want to go, start by setting goals and not more than three goals. And uh, you just can't work on more than three goals at a time. And for each one of those goals, set three objectives, you know, three smaller goals and start by working on the easiest objective of the most important goal you know in other words go for a small win early and and to do that with intention the whole key is is purposefully and consciously pick a competency strength combination and this is really the secret sauce of level up is if you combine a competency you would like to uh, you would like to get better in with a strength that you have that is a competency strength combination that when you put those two together will help you not only achieve your objective or your goal but it actually becomes hardwired into you as a person Mm -hmm. you can draw upon it it's a a tool like like a a nice tool in the top level of your toolbox that you can reach for without looking and, and know how to use it in the dark right and yeah, it's at the ready. I love that. And it, it's so exciting. And I, I, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show is because, as I say, I am a very goal-oriented person. And I really believe in we one precious life. Let's, let's live it to its fullest. So I really think that the framework that you've created really does help literally level people up to that. And so um, I terribly appreciate that. And now I want to go back to what you said before about wh- where we are in this whole this whole pandemic and the change that it has elicited so literally 2020 has entirely changed the way that we live the way that we work and i would i think it's irreversible i I don't think we can ever really go back to the way we were entirely so i would be interested michael in what insights you have about what companies and leaders can do to meet the needs of a workforce that craves meaning and connection in in a time when they can't actually connect well that's the that's the 64 dollars question isn't it because um (laughs) The, the the poor, or, uh, you know, I say 
core. I mean, as the organizational leaders are going through a very difficult time. Um, you know, they they need. You know, everybody in an organization is in suspension, right? They have, uh, and I, by that I mean in the in the physical sense, they have people above them who they need to please. They need to please themselves, and they have people uh, working uh, for them and with them who, who they need to take care of. And people are, you know, I, I'm just sit in admiration of how wonderful people are doing the best they can with such limited abilities to communicate and the, the thing that organizations give is instant access to communication you know it, it used to be the office and then it became uh, 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 automobiles and then airplanes and uh, then the internet and but it was always we always had access to four dimensions and the, the, the thing that's missing now is one of the dimensions. Depth has been taken has been taken away. And, you know, we have the breadth and the width and we have time, but people don't have a sense of a three, the, the, the third dimension that gives you the three-dimensional experience. And um, it's hard on the psyche, you know, it's, uh, and it's, you know, we're already starting to see some, um, you know, as they say, snow melts uh, around the edges, right? Not in the <laughs> middle, <laughs> you know, and we're, we're starting to see that it's taking some wear and tear on people. And oh my goodness, I just hope that the sooner this thing is over for the, for the general psychological health of the population of the world, the better, because it's, it's very difficult and uh, people are doing great. So to your given what they can do to your question Elise, which is a great question i think one thing that companies and leaders can do is to help employees uh and their team members and the people they collaborate with have a better sense of meaning in their lives because you know we're not talking about uh it's not the industrial revolution where uh, our goal is to commoditize labor right it's um uh, is the, the more organizations can help uh, their individuals discover their strengths and the more they can do to help them encourage them use their strengths and the more they can do to help people acknowledge and value and treasure working with people who have different strengths the more meaning and purpose it'll give to people, the more sense of hope and encouragement, and um, and I think uh, uh, in, inspiration all the way around. Well, I do agree with that. In fact, what I have found, Michael, is that a couple of my clients that I've done leadership development work for or team building work for called me back and said, hey, Elise, we're dying at the vine. What can you do for us? And so I've done <laughs> I've done some um, well-being and meaning kind of connective work with them just along the lines that you're talking about, because I really appreciated how you distinguish that it's depth that we're missing. And so listeners and viewers, right, if you can if you can start to realize, oh, my gosh, that's why it feels hollow to me. That's why I don't feel fulfilled, because you're missing the depth. So I really appreciate how you distinguish that for us, Michael. Beautiful. Um, I want to also give a call out to your book and the way that you you helped us, because it is a long book. There's, there's a lot of information that you put in that book, Michael. Kudos for that. But one of the things that you do that really helps is 
you do that, you know, here's the big idea. Like, I want you to really pay attention to this. So listeners and viewers, when you go to look for his book, um, there that helps you really navigate the, the final points, and that brings it all home. Um, all right, Michael, here it is. We've finally gotten close to the end of the show already, even though we had technical difficulties, and I've been holding you in my hand this whole time. You're right, 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 all cuddled up in my hand here. Um, this program is listened to and watched by people from all over the world, and it's really designed to help people more meaningfully experience their work and contribute more deeply with and through it. With that, what would you like to leave our listeners and viewers with today? Well, thanks, thanks for the opportunity to to think about that aloud, Elise. Um, and I, I love the work I love the work you're doing, and I will um, kind of uh, tag tag along with the theme of intention and meaningfulness and and purpose uh, and to try to give us some comments about how level up might fit into that given the times the times that we're in and uh, I I think my first my first bit of encouragement would be to do what you can uh, with what you have you know there there are there are just fewer resources available, and uh, the, the sense of time has gotten all out of whack. But our sense of accomplishing things one thing at a time, remember, like like baby steps, is still the best way forward. You know that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a first step, and and you know in that vein, I would just encourage us to use what we have our strengths, there are natural abilities, our competencies uh, to accomplish accomplish things we want to. And number two is is celebrate those small wins. Yes. With that, Michael, I gotta let you. I gotta stop you so I can send them to your website. Sorry, that I'll, I'll celebrate all day with you. Um, thank you for making this work, being in the palm of my hand, sharing your your passion with us. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Michael Oster, his book, Level Up, or the work they do at Level Up Advisors, go to levelupadvisors.solutions. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on your James Sinclair of Alumni Network talking about the power of activating alumni for bench strength, boomerang hires, marketing, and community concerns. Next week, we'll be on the air with Jeff Lovejoy talking about his Leadership Quips new thought leadership launch. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our life, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose.